This is a production of the Z-Talk Radio Network. The views expressed and opinions given by the individual hosts and their guests do not necessarily reflect those of Z-Talk Radio, its affiliates, or sponsors. Wow. It's dark. Well, let's have some light on the subject. I think you hurt my head real bad. I'm dizzy. I need a doctor. Put on your critical thinking caps and please refrain from hugging. It's time for Dimland Radio with your host, Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Hello and welcome to Dimland Radio here on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Remember, I'm not really a doctor. I just play doctor online. And I'm coming to you again, as uh, may be the case for the foreseeable future, from the basement of Nostalgia Zone uh, Comics and Collectibles. Uh, go to nostalgiazone.com if you're a collector of comic books if you're in- and magazines. we got a selection of those as well. Uh, we have stuff that's uh, dated from the Silver Age, Bronze Age, and Modern Age. Some Golden Age stuff here and there, but uh, mostly Silver Age, Bronze, and Modern. Uh, it's back issues. If you're into the comic books, check out our website. You can become a member of our uh, membership, we call it. Membership. <laughs> I don't know. You can become a member for nothing. It doesn't cost anything. You just sign up, and you save 10% on purchases, and you earn points toward future purchases of comic books. I know this is sort of an ad, an ersatz ad. Is ersatz the correct word? I don't know. But this is sort of an ad that uh, I do because I'm using the basement to record this show. So why not, you know, why not pay back a little bit? How does this happen? <clears throat> I'm going to start the show with this question. How does this happen? What is this? Well, I'll tell you what this is. Uh, Thursday morning this past week, we were driving Hayden into school. And uh, this it, we were getting close to the school, the stretch of road uh, that we were on. It's, a, it's, it's one way. And we were going to turn onto another street that's also a one way. And I can see down the road where I'm going to be making that turn, I can see there's a police car on that on that street that we're turning onto, sort of blocking things a little bit. And I, I also can see there's a, there's a truck ahead of me in the lane that I'm in, which, by the way, the speed limit on these roads is 30 miles an hour. So ahead of me, I see this truck, and the truck turns, and it turns in front of the, the police car, and I thought, oh, okay, I can, be, I, I can turn onto that street the way I would normally turn onto it. Police car isn't going to be in the way, but then as I get closer, I realize, no, I can't, because that truck that had turned onto that road was a tow truck. So I have to go around the other side of the police car where everybody else was turning around to get on the road, which luckily, we could still get on the road. They didn't completely block it off. So why was there a tow truck there? Why was the police car there? Well, there was a car that was in, how shall we say, distress. Something had happened. What happened? 
how it happened, I'm, I'm asking, how does this happen? The car, there was a car in the lane that I was going to be turning into, blocking it. It's facing the direction that it's supposed to be going. However, it was upside down. It's lying on its roof. We, tur we, we turn the corner and we, we, we see this. We see, okay, that's why there's a tow truck. That's why the police car is here. How in the hell did that car end up on its roof? It's, I've, I, 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 driving into the store this morning, I was thinking about how I'm going to talk about this. And I was thinking back, okay, I have a vague memory, and I think it was just of last winter, a vague memory of uh, a stretch of road uh, on the freeway system here in the Twin Cities. There was a stretch of road that got closed down because it was just too slippery. And I, I have a vague memory of seeing a car off on the side of the road on its either on its side or on its roof, but I think it was on its side. Now that on a freeway, uh, quite often once you get off the shoulder, it, you there's a ditch. There's a it, it slopes down, uh, and and so it's more understandable how a car can lose control, go off to the side, and 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 roll and end up on its side or on its roof. It's it's more understandable about how that's possible. Also, you're going faster than 30 miles an hour. You're on a freeway. So, I, that's, that to me doesn't stick out as a, how does that happen? Because I kind of can figure out how that happens. But on Thursday morning, roads were dry. Uh, there's, there's, you know, it's not winter yet, although winter is coming. Uh, it's, it's, the temperatures are cooler, but, you know, it's dry road conditions. How, how does this person end up on their roof? Uh, did they hit another car and got flipped that way? Did they uh, clip something on the corner, maybe, or uh, like they turned, they took the turn too sharp uh, uh, and going too fast? That, that was the thing I thought. Maybe they were just going too fast. I think the car was one of those. Uh, they they call them a crossover. Now I'm not a car guy, although I'm going to be talking about some car stuff on the show. I'm not a car guy. I I don't know much about cars. But I think that like the crossover isn't that doesn't that mean that 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 uh, that that style of car is the between a sedan kind of car like the regular car and an SUV. It's somewhere in between there. It's not quite an SUV. It's not quite that big, but it's bigger than a car and it's sort of shaped like an SUV, but it's not quite. And you know, it's that kind of thing. So I think that's what that car was. And if I'm not mistaken. So SUVs and these crossovers and Jeeps and things like that will have a higher center center of gravity, and that means that you have to be careful not to take turns too sharply, too fast, because you can roll because of the you know, the higher center of gravity. And in fact, didn't, do you recall that a few years ago there was this whole thing in the news about these SUVs flipping over and all that, and we found out that uh, people were putting the wrong tires on those cars, and they were driving them too fast and taking turns too quickly and, and that kind of thing. And then that, you know, as the news cycle does, it cycled away and we don't hear about it anymore. But I seem to recall that that was something. So maybe that's what happened. Or maybe there was another car involved, and it's just that it happened a while before we got there, and they'd already cleared that car away because we didn't see any other cars. But, of course, our attention was really drawn to the car that's upside down. I mean, how does that happen? Well, anyway, so we got Hayden to school and went on to work. And it, was the, it reminded me of this other occasion where I have seen a car. This is, it's happened once before where I know for sure I saw a car that was flipped over on its roof. 
And this happened, uh, I work, um, my main job is working in downtown Minneapolis in the warehouse district. And that's, uh, I don't know how it is in most downtowns of bigger cities in the, in the country, but in, Min in Minneapolis anyway, uh, and I think St. Paul does the same thing. There are, you know, it's like every other street. One goes one way heading west, one way heading east, heading west, heading east. You know, that's how they do things. There might be a road or two, you know, like north-south might be one way, one, you know, south one way, uh, one street, then one way north. But there might be a two-way directional street here and there. But... Okay, so so the the block that our shop is located on is a one-way street that heads west, and uh, and and uh, um, and then the next one, of course, is heads east. And this was back when I was working in the office before I you know, left and went to work for that maintenance company as their office manager. And at some point, we I'm, as my memory has it, we heard this this horrendous crash sound. And so we went out to investigate it. I, I don't know who was with me, but went out to investigate where was that. And we, we found that it was the block down that, that's the, the eastbound one-way street. We, f we went down there and we found out that, uh, uh, that somebody was going westbound on that street, going fast, and hit another car head-on. And in doing so, flipped it over the top of the other car and landed it on the street on its roof. And that, might have, and that must have been a sight to see. I mean, you see these things in movies, you know, flipping cars and all that kind of stuff. You see that in movies, but that's movies. It might be CGI, it might be a practical effect, but, you know, they're, they're doing things to make this happen. And it's, you see it in movies. But I, I, what must it be like to see it happen in real life? Uh, you know, I've seen accidents happen in real life just like, the week before. Driving out that one stretch, heading to the to the one way where the accident was with the car upside down. Driving, it's a long stretch that uh, we take to get to that turn. As you, and it's a one way. And as we're heading along, there was a guy parked on the on the uh, what would be the east side of the road. We're going. We're headed south. There's a guy parked there, pickup truck, and he's and and there's a lane going alongside him. I'm in. There's like three lanes. So I'm in the center lane. There's a guy in the, in the, in the left-hand lane, a, a, a van, a minivan or something, driving along, passing this pickup truck that's on the, on the corner, you know, parked along the curb. And the van doesn't, the, 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 the pickup driver doesn't quite let the van get past him before he pulls onto, you know, the street and clips the back end of the minivan. I saw that happen as we're driving. I just saw the guy pulling out and said, oh, he's going to hit. And boom, hit him. So I've I've seen accidents happen, but to actually see a car flip over, I've never seen that. That 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 must be pretty bizarre to see happen in real time, in real life. To just look at this and say, oh, "Whoa, what was that?" <laughs> so somebody must have seen that happen in uh, uh, the one where uh, it was downtown when we went to see the. The car that was upside down, and then this this other occasion near my son's art school that he's going to, uh, where that happened. It, it was. I mean, how does it happen? I, I. That's that's crazy. Slow down. Pay attention. Get off your phone. Ugh, God! So many times I see people on their phone. So yeah, that was a, that was an interesting little moment there. And yeah, and, and 
I it, actually today it's Saturday uh, morning. I'm recording this show. Um, I uh, Hayden often goes into his school. Uh, Hayden's my son, in case you don't know. He often goes into his school on Saturdays, spends the day there uh, working on you know, doing you know working on whatever art projects he's got to work on. So he'll go into the school on a Saturday and work on them. And so I'll drop him off and I'll pick him up when I'm done here. Uh, unless he gets a ride from a friend and they go do something. Which is, you know, that has happened and I'm glad that that does happen because I like to see him hang with his friends. So this morning I dropped him off and I was driving back and I'm trying to merge onto the freeway. And the, there's, a, there's a one car that is not going to let me merge in. She's flying alongside of me. And so, okay, I got my signal on. I'm going to come over. But that car, so I know, I'm looking at this car's not going to let me in. So I let them go by and then I start to go in. And there's another car on that, on the, riding the ass of the car that wasn't going to let me in. But there's enough room for me to start going. But he's really close. And I was like, dude, I've got my signal on. I'm merging. Slow down. I, I don't know. Am I the asshole? <laughs> the guy honks at me. I waved at him like, uh, you know, I gave him like the, the frustrated arm wave like, what the hell is your problem? You saw my signal on. You see I'm trying to merge. You can slow down. <laughs> anyway. I don't know. Am I the asshole? So winter is coming. And it's crazy. It, it, it's it's crazy here in Minnesota sometimes, in the upper Midwest, I should say. I'm sure this happens in Canada, too, where uh, anywhere that you get winter, you know, we get proper winter weather. I mean, I mean, snow and ice and really cold temperatures and that kind of thing. There's, there's this transition that's called autumn. <laughs> and generally, it's the shortest season of the year because it's weird. You can get hot weather. We had a 90-degree day. Uh, on a Tuesday. The following day, the temperatures got up to 60. It's just, it's like that. And then after that, you know, we might have, we got up to 70 a couple, you know, in temperatures in the 70s for a little bit. And then, boom, it just bottoms out. And now the temperature, high temperature today might get to 60. And, and then I look at the forecast for the week and seeing upper 50s and it's just seeing cold. I mean, it was, there was frost on the grass this morning when I was walking the dog. So you just know, you just look around and you go, oh, winter's coming. Winter's coming. <laughs> it's a dread. Hopefully we have a longer autumn. Sometimes we do. Sometimes we get them where we don't really get any kind of significant winter weather uh, up until like mid-December, sometimes late December. We might get a snowfall here or there in November and it's early earlier December, but sometimes it's it's it. We we wonder, are we going to have a brown Christmas? Which we don't want a brown Christmas. Who wants a brown Christmas? Somebody lives in California, I suppose. But I mean, you want a white Christmas? You want snow? And by that, you want snow? I mean, you know that kind of white Christmas. Not that I'm into the religious part of the holiday. It's just that you know I like Christmas. You know, this, I don't have to, you know, have the religious aspect of it. I just like Christmas. And so it's nice to have a white Christmas because we live in winter. We live in a winter climate. And we make the joke that we have winter like nine months of the year. We get a, we get a month and a half of spring, two weeks of summer, and, and three days of, of, of autumn, and then we're back to winter. So, yeah, it's, I don't know if that all adds up, but, you know. So winter is coming. There's one thing. Uh, that I don't need to dread 
this winter. There's one thing I don't need to dread, and that is because I've stopped cleaning. I stopped that part of the job uh, that I you know, left let that one go, which a neighbor of mine called it a partial retirement, which I hadn't thought of it that way. Anyway, so I, I'd given that up, and uh, I don't have the dread of cleaning up salty floors. I mean, when the snow does start coming, when the ice starts building up on roads and that, and on sidewalks, you get places that start to put down the the sidewalk salt. It just starts to happen. And some of these, some of the places that I've cleaned, their service that puts the stuff down just blankets, just puts so much down. And I have you know people that it would clean, and I'd be supervising their buildings, and they they just complain about it. it says you know what you got to do. You got once once you know that the the, the 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 ice melt has done its job, sidewalks essentially dry, but there's just a bunch of the salt on it. Sweep it off, sweep it into the parking lot, sweep it away from the main entrance so that it doesn't get walked into the building. That's what you got to do, and you know hopefully the customer doesn't have a problem with that. But uh, I, I had it happen one time where there was so much. Of that ice melt put down on the sidewalk it looked like it had snowed it looked like there was a quarter inch of snow on the walkways and it was the entire walkway that wrapped uh, 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 halfway around the building made a little L shape on that sidewalk and it was just all along the parking lot and I just I, you gotta be kidding and I walked into the building and there was the the salt the ice melt whatever you want to call it was tracked it's a two-story building it was tracked all over the first floor and tracked up the stairs to the to most of the second floor. I could I was finding these these chunks of the ice melt stuff, and that doesn't vacuum very well. And it took me an extra 45 minutes to an hour that night to get all that crap up off the uh, off the carpets. Not only that, to sweep off the sidewalk. And I the, and I don't do this often, but I you know I was the office manager for the janitor service, and I. You know, and I uh, was the cleaner at this place, and the people that I was cleaning for knew me, and they knew I was the office manager. So I just I called them up the next day, and I said, "Hey, you're going to want to talk to your service. I don't like to do this kind of thing, but that was way too much ice melt. Way too much. I spent an extra half, uh, 45 minutes to an hour trying to get your place clean because there was way too much of that stuff on it. They tracked it all over the building, you know, and they they were sympathetic, and it was cool. But that's a dread." I don't have this year for winter. But there's one other thing about this janitor job. <laughs> I'm not quite out of it yet. Now, I, I, I still have a key to the office. They want me to keep that because they, you know, I, I did agree that I will fix vacuum cleaners for them you know, if, as they need it. That's not a problem. I can just come over, open, go into the office, and fix whatever needs to be done. But I'm not cleaning anymore. But there's one building that I do that I did once a month. And it's the first Thursday of the month that it gets done. So uh, I you know, I said, well, okay, I'll show the supervisor. Because he's. I was the only person who's ever cleaned it. Nobody knows what to do. I'm the only person who's ever cleaned it. Supervisor's never even been there. And this past Thursday, 
I had agreed to say, okay, I'll I'll meet the supervisor either at the building or at the office, and we'll go out there, and I'll walk them through, go through the alarm system with them, show them where everything is, tell them what needs to get done, tell them the things that they they mentioned that you know make sure not to miss the microwave over in the corner over there because it's easy to miss it because it's tucked away, so don't miss that. You know things like that, the little nuances of the building that I've learned over the however long I cleaned it, and that was all set up to do this past Thursday, and then I was going to be done. Driving home from work from the day job with with Amy, got a call from the maintenance company, and it's their new office manager saying, "Hey, uh, I know we were set up to do this thing tonight, but somebody called in needs need to cover their building, so the supervisor isn't going to have enough time to be able to get out there." And I said, "Well, does the customer know that the place isn't going to be cleaned tonight?" And they said, "Yes, they know. Can you can you do this next Wednesday?" Yeah, all right. And just, uh, I should make sure the supervisor knows, I'm not cleaning. I'm just going to show you everything and let you do it. Because I'm not cleaning, damn it. <laughs> I, I just I want to go home and be done with this. And so hopefully, hopefully that will take place next Wednesday. And, uh, you know, we'll see. <sighs> anyway, I've made it to my uh, uh, first break. Uh, you're listening to Dimland Radio on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I am your host, Jim, Dr. Dimfit Simmons. I shall return after this break. To Z Talk Radio, the number one choice for music, sports, news, and talk radio. So keep that dial locked to ztalkradio.com. He's endlessly pushing the rock of reason up the hill of paranormal. It's Dr. Dim, and you're listening to Dimland Radio on Z Talk Radio Network. Do you believe in ghosts? Do you think Bigfoot is real? Do you suspect that your neighbor is really Val Tor, leader of the lizard people of Bendar 3? Well, Dr. Dim doesn't, and he'll tell you why when you tune in to Dimland Radio Saturday nights, 11 Central, midnight Eastern on Talk Radio Network. It's an hour of science promotion, pop culture rants, personal observation, and, of course, skepticism. Join Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons, Saturday nights, 11 Central, midnight Eastern, for Dimland Radio on Talk Radio Network. If this station was not your cup of tea... Drink coffee! 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 Drink coffee! 100% news. 100% information. 100% guarantee. Put it in And I'm back. 
It's Dimland Radio on ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dimfit Simmons. All right, um, I managed to um, accomplish something this past week. Uh, not a great task or anything. It's just something that uh, I finally got around to completing. And it's a comic book thing. And it's an, it be in October. Oh, it's October. Uh, the best and shortest month of the year. Oh, I know. I know that's February. Which February? Can we work on changing the name of February? Because you can't say February without sounding like Tom Brokaw. It's a February, 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 February. You know, it's like, can we just come up with a different name for February? Because it, I don't know. It's just it's hard to say. <laughs> I was listening to some podcast, and the host of it kept mentioning February. And kept saying February. <laughs> it's like uh, you know, it's, it's it's again. We all sound like Tom Brokaw when we say February. February, February. Yes. Oh, yeah. Know, can we come up with a new name? You know, something that's uh, you know, I don't know, something in Vulcan that's unpronounceable. Uh, no, that's sorry. It's just some bad. Star Trek joke. Anyway, so it's October, and I say it's the shortest month of the year because it just seems that way. Because, God damn it, it's the coolest month of the year. I mean, cool, man. It starts off with the temperatures getting agreeable. You can turn off your air conditioners, you know, and, and you get the leaves changing on the trees, and they start to fall, and you walk through them, and you get that crunch. And I and I, I, I used to do this cold open thing. I would play it every now and then. I might do it again for my Halloween show, which won't be exactly a Halloween show, but it would be the show that's just before Halloween. I might do it again where I tell the story of what goes through my mind when uh, in, the, in the dusk time, in the evenings, when walking around uh, in this, at this time of year. It's darkish, it's, uh, or maybe even dark. Uh, there's leaves on the ground, and there's a crunch to things, there's a Christmas in the air. And I think of it's the great pumpkin Charlie Brown and uh, Snoopy doing that, uh, imagining he's down behind enemy lines during World War One, and he's trying to get himself back to friendly territory. And I, I hear the, I hear that low playing flute that you that's in that in that special, and I hear the sounds of train whistles in 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 the background and and explosions off in the distance. I can hear that stuff. Yeah. So I, I've played the cold open. If I can find it again, uh, you know, I might put it at the beginning of the show, and uh, for that weekend, I might, I might, I might not, but I might, because uh, you know it's hard to pad out an hour. So if I can get something that is there, that's already that's like seven minutes worth of something. Hey, that's less than I have to actually do. So we'll see. <clears throat> so it just seems like October is just—it's so cool. It's so great. And it ends with Halloween. That's it. That's the last day of it. It's Halloween, and let's let's hope we have a better turnout of trick or treaters than we did last year. I mean, at our house, I've heard of other places that get hundreds of kids, like 600, 700 kids, showing up. That's nuts. But we would get a hundred, hundred and twenty. We would get that. But over the last few, you know, there was the pandemic year. We didn't get much. There was, you know, last year we thought, oh, last year we're just going to get inundated. It was like uh, I think it was on a. On a Sunday night, maybe? Or was it a Saturday night? Uh, no, it's a Sunday night. Because uh, this year it's going to be on a Monday night. thought we would get more. And I think we got a dozen kids. We barely beat my dad. My mom and dad at the time. Um, you know, mom's not here anymore. We barely beat them. 
And since they lived in that house in 1973, every Halloween, they barely get anybody because it's a, I don't know, it's a block that had an empty lot across the street for years and years and years. And and even and now it's just some senior living cottages that are down there. But it, they just never get a lot of kids. Now, we might be aging out as a neighborhood or something. The kids are all, you know, there aren't any young kids in the neighborhood anymore. Uh, and we're just not getting them. But, man, you know, Dad... Dad got something like, you know, like 10. And we got like 12 or 13. It's just, we barely beat them. It's, it's crazy. You know, so, we'll see. Probably still buy as much candy as we normally do. Because somebody around the house will eat it. <laughs> we all will. Might bring some into work. Here's some candy, guys. Uh, yeah. Anyway. So, I love October. Uh, and... I know, I have a friend of mine who's probably thinking, oh God, he's going to talk about that thing, that one sport thing. Yeah, I am, but that's later in the show. <laughs> uh, oh, I should mention, as I'm mentioning my friend Craig, uh, remember last week I talked about owls and I, I, I thought, are all owl species nocturnal? Turns out they aren't. That, that, that there are, that I think probably most of them are, but there are some that are... Oh, how do you pronounce the word? Diural? Is that the word? I, I don't know if that's how you pronounce it, but they're like cats. You know how a cat will be sleeping sometimes during the day and up sometimes during the day and then sleeping sometimes at night and up sometimes at night. So they're just, they're just kind of, they're never, it's never just mostly awake during the day and mostly asleep at night like a dog. Oh, a dog. Oh, it was lovely. The other night, my, our little puppy just curled up on my lap. And for like two hours, two and a half hours, just slept, napped on my lap. It was glorious. I loved it. And if I didn't have to pee, because <laughs> I'm a man of a certain age with a little bit of a prostate thing, I could, I just, I might have just said, okay, let's, I'll just sleep here <laughs> and leave the dog in my lap. But, uh, oh, it's just happiness, as I said on Facebook, happiness is a warm puppy nap in your, in your lap for the last two hours. That's, it was just great. So, anyway, but I guess there are some owl species that are like that, and there are some that are just up during the day and sleep at night. So, yeah, I, I guess they're not all nocturnal. So, that homeopathic remedy, better have a feather from a, uh, an owl that is nocturnal for it to be able to still not work so crazy homeopathy it's just crazy it's magic so anyway it's october we got halloween coming at the end of the month i accomplished a little thing that uh over the years i'd been well it's been a long time since i had to do anything about it because i pretty much completed everything i needed i just had one left one left and i'm talking about comic books i was collecting all the original, I'll call it starring appearances of Werewolf by Night. There's a character that came out, I think it was 1972 that the Werewolf by Night character first appeared in Marvel comic books. I was a kid. I thought was fascinated by it. My older brother was buying them, and um, and and there's just there's just the 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 uh, this, the character was introduced in a title. That was uh, 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 it was a way of Marvel introducing new characters. They would they would do put it in this uh, run called uh, or a title called uh, Marvel Spotlight on, and so I think issue number two was Marvel Spotlight on Werewolf by Night, and then the next 
two issues, like two, three, four. Uh, the, you know, those three issues were focusing on Werewolf by Night, and then they, they they had enough sales, they had enough interest, they launched him into his own title. So Werewolf by Night number one, you know, comes out, which I think continued the storyline that had been established in the Marvel Spotlight. I don't, I haven't read them in a long time, but I think it, it continued along. And then, so and that the Marvel, uh, the the Werewolf by Night series lasted uh, only forty three issues, and so at some point in the nineties, I decided I want to get all of the Werewolf by Nights, and I started buying them. I had a couple already, but I started by I think I got better versions of them, and then I just started buying them, and and uh, uh, and the prices were reasonable. Uh, and all that, so I'm just getting these issues, and it got to the point where I was getting close to getting that Werewolf by Night run, getting all of them, uh, when Marvel was putting out a run of, uh, they were revamping their monster characters, Morbius, uh, Ghost Rider, Werewolf by Night, and maybe a couple others, they were kind of revamping them and relaunching them, and uh, in other titles or, you know, things like that, and that began to bump up some of the prices of the Werewolf by Night stuff because now collectors have, oh, geez, that, that, I forgot about that character. I'd like to buy that. So demand started coming up a little bit. So just, I, I was finishing up my collection just to tail into that. So it has, so there's the 43 issues of Werewolf by Night. There were the three issues, I think, I'm pretty sure it's three, of Marvel Spotlight on. And there were five giant size issues. Uh, they would, uh, but, uh, issues two through five of the giant size were called giant size werewolf by night or giant, just giant size werewolf uh, i think it's a werewolf by night but anyway same character some continuing some of the same storylines reprinting some other stories and things like that and those uh, giant size issues are like double the pages that uh regular issue has and i i'd gotten two through five of those and i never did get number one and I would look for Giant Size Werewolf by Night number one, and I couldn't find it until I realized that Giant Size Werewolf number one was not called that. It was not called Werewolf, Giant Size Werewolf by Night or just Werewolf. Uh, it wasn't called that. It was called Giant Size Creatures. And and I, and uh, I, I just oh, that's the one I need to complete everything. And, I, and again, I call them starring appearances because there were issues where, like, there, uh, Marvel Comics had a, had a run called Marvel Team-Up, which was, uh, uh, most of the issues was Spider-Man and some other Marvel superhero would team up to fight a menace. And there, there's an issue in there where it's Mar you know, Spider-Man teamed up with Werewolf by Night. I don't have that one. And there's other issues where you know, he'd, he'd make a guest appearance. Uh, Spider Woman. There's one where he makes a guest appearance, and there's other comic books, and I don't, I don't have all those. Uh, I do have the Tomb of Dracula episode that was a crossover between the two series, um, the Werewolf by Night series and the Tomb of Dracula series. I do have that one. Uh, so that, and that's the only Tomb of Dracula issue that I have. Uh, I'm not really interested in picking them up. I, I was never a big fan of the artist that draws the draws the books, but. I do appreciate how good he is. It's just uh, his style just doesn't... It rubs me the wrong way a little bit. I'm getting more appreciative of it as I as I get older and look at the art a little still. Anyway. So I hadn't had giant-sized creatures number one. And I finally decided 
Well, we don't have it here at the store. And it's gotten to a point where, eh, you know, the value of comic books, old issues, have been going up and up. They've been going crazy. Some of the prices are, are, as a friend of mine would say, stupid. Stupid expensive for some of these books. And I, I said, so I, I decided, I'm going to see if I can find that uh, giant size Creatures number one. So that would complete all of that original Werewolf by Night starring uh, issues. He, there's been like reissues or, or uh, um, you know, other Werewolf by Night stories, like short mini series things I don't have. Uh, I did buy, a, uh, it was a four issue run. I did buy that for my older brother. He's a big fan of Werewolf by Night, and I, I bought them. I read them, and then I, I gave them to him. I said, here, you can have these. Just as a, just as a gift. And uh, anyway, so there's others out there, but um, I finally was able to find it. I couldn't find it here at the store. We've had copies of it before for much less than what I paid for this one and in better condition, but that was before everything started jumping up. And there's one issue in the original run of uh, Werewolf by Night, issue number 32, which is the first appearance of Moon Knight. Uh, Moon Knight was a an interesting character, got his own title for a while, got a couple of his, you know, he did one run with his own title, then they did another run with him. I think they've done a couple since, even since then. Uh... And it's just it was it was a mildly interesting character, just a little little more interesting than some other characters, but just wasn't big, right? And then, for some reason, people started discovering it, and it started getting bigger. And then, you know, Marvel, the Marvel Universe, uh, Marvel Comics Universe decided we're gonna do a Moon Knight series on Disney Plus, and we're going to have what's-his-name play him, and, and I haven't seen him yet. I'm gonna, I'll watch him eventually. I'll get to him when I can get to him. Uh, and all of a sudden, Moon Knight is this huge character. And so issue number 32, first appearance of Moon Knight, has ballooned in value. And I got it for relatively low. I mean, it was uh, more expensive than an average uh, um, Werewolf by Night comic book at the time. Uh, but especially an issue that's in the 30s, up in that number range, uh, that that issue, number 32 and number 33, was the, the second appearance of Moon Knight. Those were still, they had a little bit of value then, but not quite where it is now. I mean, you, I've seen, if you got one that's in really good condition, like near mint condition, that's a 9.4, I think I've seen them go for like 30 grand. That's crazy. Now, the one I have is probably a 4.0, maybe a 5.0, maybe. But, you know, so it's not going to be that kind of money. But, you know, it's pretty decent, I imagine. And I've got three of the second appearance, the next issue. I've got three of those. I'm pretty sure i got three. Maybe I should try and sell a couple of them and see what I get. Anyway, <clears throat> so I was lucky enough to have that one. And now... The uh, Marvel Comics universe has decided to make a movie, uh, just a, just a one-time event. Maybe it'll expand into more. I don't know. I haven't seen it, uh, but I'm hearing good things of Werewolf by Night. And, uh, wow, this is so great! I, I think I've talked about this before on the show. Now, when I was a kid, my favorite comic uh, title was The Avengers, and just imagine how j jazzed I was when. Film technology had gotten to the point where they could do live-action 
uh, superhero movies that would that you would that you could buy that you could believe. You know, it 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 didn't look phony. They tried the stuff on TV. The Hulk TV show was just a fugitive. That's all it was, with a with the monster in it that was very weak. <laughs> that Hulk was weak. He just he was a wimp. Not nothing against Lou Ferrigno. Lou Ferrigno himself is not a wimp, but the character had to be way powered down because there's no way they'd be able to show with the technology that they had at the time, the Hulk doing the stuff that the Hulk can do in the comic books. But there's, you know, it, it, but they can do that in the movies now. One thing I have with a problem with the movies and the Hulk is they make the Hulk way too big. He's not ten feet tall. He's like seven feet tall in the comic books. It's, it's not, he's not ten feet tall. There was some of the movies, the early ones, they had him like sixteen feet tall. He's not that tall. <laughs> but okay, that's just me being pedantic, I suppose. Oh, and speaking of being pedantic, and I think I've mentioned this in the past, that uh, Marvel Comics, uh, that uh, that uh, giant size Chillers, the first of the, you know, that's tech, that's thought of as uh, giant size Werewolf number one, because when they do do giant size Werewolf, or Werewolf by Night, they, they pick them up from number two. That one is considered number one, even though it's giant size creatures. Weird thing. The co-star in that issue is Tigra. Tigra the Werewoman. Now, if I've learned anything from the Harry Potter movies, if I've and from the Harry Potter books, if I've learned anything from them, I've learned that the word that the word werewolf is broken out is is two words put together, were meaning man, and of course wolf meaning meaning wolf. So werewolf is man wolf. So werewoman is man woman. And I don't think I don't think Marvel intended the Tiger to be a, uh, a a hermaphrodite or a, a transsexual. I don't think they meant that. They they just you know werewoman sounds cool. Yeah, but that's not what it means. <laughs> anyway, so uh, I'm going to uh, get to my next break. Uh, I got to make sure I get the right. Uh, is this the second break already? My goodness. I didn't think I had enough to talk about. Oh, well. Anyway, uh, you're listening to Dimland Radio on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I shall return after this break. Other guys. The finger. You're listening to Z-Talk Radio Network. Don't just take my word for it, but you are listening to Dimland Radio on Z-Talk Radio Network. Wash your hands often to reduce the spread of germs and disease. To wash your hands properly, wet them, apply a quarter-sized amount of liquid soap, and rub them together for about the time it takes to sing the happy birthday song twice. Wash the front and back, in between your fingers, and under your nails. Dry them with a paper towel if possible, and then use the paper towel to turn off the faucet and open the door. If soap and water aren't available, use an alcohol-based hand sanitizer. A message from the CDC. Listen to Z Talk Radio. 
www.ctalkradio.com To Dimland Radio here on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm sort of, I just finished a sort of Halloween section there. I should have waited for the Halloween weekend to do that one. What the hell's wrong with me? I don't know. Like I said, it's hard to, it's hard to pad out these, these hour-long shows. Okay, I know I've talked about this in the past, but even last week I think I mentioned some stuff. I don't, I really don't understand the reluctance that so many people, uh, at least on my Facebook, seem to have with electric cars, electric vehicles, EVs. They are just... They, they, they are just dead sent against them. And I, I, I could be wrong, but I don't think they all work for the oil companies. I don't understand. Or maybe they've invested lots of money in the oil companies, which is a dying investment, kids. Invest in electric vehicles because, as I've said, they are inevitable. This is what's going to happen. I would love to have an electric car. I need to be able to afford one, which is one of the things people will say about them. Oh, you can't afford them. Well, I might not be able to afford one right now. But more and more people can, because the prices of electric cars are coming down. They're becoming more affordable. You know, as the rich people buy stuff, businesses that uh, make that stuff are able to reinvest into trying to figure out ways to make their stuff that they make more affordable to other people so they can sell more and make more profit. So the rich people tend to kind of help things along at the beginning. That's one of the benefits of rich people, I suppose. I mean, I remember there's an episode of in the original series run of uh, uh, Columbo. There's an episode in there that stars William Shatner as that week's murderer. And William Shatner plays this TV, uh, TV star who makes a ton of money, but he has to give a ton of money to this woman that's blackmailing him, and he ends up killing her so he can get out from under her foot. But uh, anyway, so the guy still does have, you know, he's still got, he's doing fine. He has a nice place to live, and he's got this, he's got a VCR. A VCR that's the size of a desk. And it's a top-load thing. And I think in the episode he says it's like he says it's like thousands of dollars or something, a couple thousand dollars. I'm not exactly certain. I can't remember exactly the, how much that thing cost. And it's that's crazy. My parents, the first VCR they got, much smaller than a desk, but still big and clunky, and a top load was like 500 bucks. And that was in 1982 or something like that, some 83. And that's 500 bucks in that at that time is that's a fair amount of money. And now, well, you know, buying a VCR seems to be probably not possible. Maybe you can get the combo with a DVD player, a CD, or a Blu-ray player and a, and a CD. Maybe you can get those, or not CD, a uh, Blu-ray player and a, and a VHS. Maybe. I mean, we've got one, but that's from a long time ago. And we don't use it, really. But it's there. And anyway, so it's just, that's it. first the rich people started buying them, and then the price came down. 
got, they got more affordable. So electric cars, and I'm not saying that this is why electric cars prices are coming down, but technology is, is improving and they're able to make them more efficiently. They've learned from past mistakes in making uh, electric vehicles and hybrid. They've learned stuff from hybrid vehicles and you know the, the industry. And it's, it's, it, we're all going to benefit from this. Okay, but then I've got these people on Facebook, people that I either went to school with or somebody I've worked with or some, and they're all just so dead set against electric cars. I don't know why. Now, some of the stuff I'm going to refer to in here, uh, th most of this, this comes right off of Skeptoid. Uh, Skeptoid is a podcast by uh, Brian Dunning, so I have to give credit to that. I will link to the uh, episodes of that I pulled some of this information. I'm not pulling everything. I'm not going to, you know, steal all of his stuff, but I'll steal some of it here for for my show, just to point out some things that I learned from Brian Dunning about electric vehicles. You know, one of the things is that that he talks about is how the prices are coming down. They are becoming more affordable, and here's an aspect of that. Maybe. The ticket price, the sticker price, uh, when you go to buy a new electric vehicle, is going to be more than a comparable uh, ICE car, internal combustion engine car. It's going to be uh, a little bit more upfront. But when you c consider the fact that there is no scheduled maintenance for an electric car, you don't have to get oil changes. You don't have to get tune-ups. You don't have to worry about the timing chain, timing chain breaking or the serpentine belt breaking. You don't have to change hoses. You don't have to. There's none of that shit going on with an electric car. There are so many fewer parts to an electric car than there are to an you know, to a conventional gas-powered car. There's so many less things to go wrong. Yeah, sure. You have to replace the tires, and yeah, you got to take care of the brakes. Right, that's part of it. But to own one, what the upfront cost is going to be a little higher than you know for a new EV. But it's going to you know then then for an ICE <laughs> car, uh, it, the upfront price is going to be a bit more. But the life cost, the the ownership cost of it later, is going to be much much less, thousands of dollars less that you're not going to have to worry about. And hey, not having to worry about oil changes, which I need to get an oil change for my car. It's just, I'm a little past due, but my car burns oil a little bit, so I'm always putting in new oil, or almost always putting in new oil. I can't afford to get that fixed, to get, to do all that to fix up the oil. You know, So I need to just put oil in it, keep an eye on the oil level, and get oil changes. So, you know, I, I, I have to be... I, I would love to have a car. Then I don't have to worry about that. It takes forever to charge them, the people say, the people that hate electric cars. But as Brian Dunning points out, no, it doesn't. It's, it's, he says when he stops at a charging station, it takes like, I don't know, he, he says he's timed it. It takes seven or eight minutes. That's enough time for me to go in uh, to, into the store and, and get a, a cup of coffee, maybe go to the bathroom, come back, and the, and the car's, car's charged and ready to go. He's got enough charge for however long he needs to go. And and then there's there's the there's the idea of, uh, you know, if not everybody's able to do this. Not everybody has a garage. Not everybody's going to be able to do it. Some people that are going to own electric cars will have to go to charging stations in order to charge up. You know, the way you and I, with our gas-powered cars, have to go to gas stations to put gas in our car. Okay? So there's, yes, 
that's going to be something that's going to be part of our, uh, uh, the life of people who get an electric car but can't set up a charging station in their garage because they don't have a garage. So they'll have to go to places. But there are going to be more and more places to charge your vehicle. There's going to be more and more of them. In fact, the, the parking garage that Amy and I park in when we go to work uh, has sections, has, has uh, 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 designated spots for electric cars to charge up. Now, you, the rule is you have to be charging your vehicle if you're going to park in that spot. You have to be hooked up. You can't just park there because you've got an electric car. But, you know, and as more and more electric cars come onto the road and more and more people who park their cars in that ramp have electric vehicles, you're going to get more charging stations put in. And then, it's, so, but if you can afford, or if you have a garage, and you can get a charging station in your garage, where you can drive home, plug in your car, and you can program it to charge at off-peak hours. You can program that your charger to come on at 3 in the morning. Charge up your car, get it all ready, and in the morning, you've got essentially a full tank of gas. Hey, gas car drivers, do you have a full tank of gas every morning when you get out to your car? Of course you don't. But an electric vehicle owner who can set up a station in their garage will have a, quote-unquote, full tank of gas waiting for them. They'll have a fully charged car waiting for them every morning. And another thing, and so I also learned from Brian Dunning, when they were talking about how he has a recent episode talking about how People who are so dead set against electric cars are saying, oh, it's going to, when more and more of these come online, the power grid won't be able to handle it. Actually, it's the opposite of that. If people want to opt into this, the power grid can draw power from electric cars that are charged up if there's a power outage. If there's a, you know, if there's a, 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 a heavy pull of power, you know, you know how in California, this was one of the things that, oh, they made memes about this, the anti-EV people. They made memes about this. They said, you know, you know, it says, oh, California announces that they're banning electric cars, and then the next week they're asking people who not to charge their cars. Ho, 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 isn't that funny? Isn't that ironic? No, you're stupid. One, the, California is not banning uh, uh, gas-powered cars. Um, did I say they were banning electric cars? No, no, no. They, they put a ban in of the sale of new gas-powered cars. If I got that wrong earlier, just go back and correct it. Okay. That's what they're doing. In 2035, car dealerships in California will not be able to sell new gas-powered cars. They will sell. They can sell used ones. They will be. They will limit the new vehicles that they sell. Must all be electric vehicles. That's what California is doing. You can still have a gas-powered car. You can still drive it around. They haven't banned the gas-powered cars. They're just banning the sale of new ones in the state in 2035. Which, coincidentally, a lot of the major automakers are all saying, we're going to switch over to making all electric vehicles by 2035. Something like that. 2030, 2035, 2040. You know, you know, Ford, General Motors, they're saying that that's what they're going to do. And that's why I keep saying, electric cars are inevitable. We'll still have gas-powered cars on the, on the roads for a long time, but they're going to become less and less and less. So when you have an electric car, here's something that might be possible for you to do. You can use, let's say there's a power outage. Remember when we had the 17-hour power outage just a couple few weeks ago? 
if we had had an electric car and we had this system set up, we could have, for our house, we could have drawn power from our car to run the house. We could have had the air conditioning going. We could have had all this. Now, when California said that they wanted people to stop charging your cars, they meant in peak hours from 4 p.m. to 9 p.m. If you can avoid it, don't charge your car charge it off-peak, which most people do anyway. As Brian pointed out, most people would charge them off-peak hours because it's less costly. The electricity doesn't cost as much. They don't charge as much to charge off-peak. And there's other uh, objections that people have raised. You know, they, they, they show a picture of, a, of, a, of an electric car being charged you know, emergency, getting an emergency charge, emergency charge, an emergency, you know, road helper, uh, a road assistance vehicle that tows a, 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 a charging station behind its vehicle. You know, the truck itself is diesel powered, but the generator, which, you know, the, the thing that they hook up the, the electric car that needs a charge, needs an emergency charge, the, the, the meme tells you that that, the charger, is diesel. It's a diesel generator, but it's not. It's a battery. It's a battery that's been charged up. And the car, the, the truck that's pulling it, that might be a diesel engine, but okay. It's, but it's coming out to do an emergency charge. Let me ask you something. Have you ever run out of gas? Has that ever happened? And did you have to walk to a gas station? and get some gas or maybe a roadside assistance came over and got you some gas have you ever had to do that have you ever you know what i've never run out of gas you know why because i plan and so when the people against electric cars say well what happens if you're on a long trip hey you plan that's what you do you plan So maybe if you've run out of gas, if you have a tendency to run out of gas, maybe an electric car isn't for you. Because you'll, you'll undoubtedly run out of a charge because apparently you don't know how to plan. <laughs> so um, that I mean, so these are some objections. One other objection that uh, you know somebody put up a meme and it shows a, a parking lot. It's for a fleet of utility vehicles. You know the kinds that uh, the the power companies use. You know with the with the, uh, the 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 crow's nest kind of oh not crow's nest the the cherry picker the little, the you know the, the arm that will extend so they raise the guy up in a little in a little basket up so he can work on the power lines and replace transformers and put power lines back in place. All those utility vehicles, you know what you know what they are. It's a whole parking lot filled. It's a whole fleet of them, and it makes the point that none of these are electric. They're all gas powered. Well, yeah, but someday all of them will be electric. What's your point? Do you know what you people who are against electric cars sound like? You sound like horse and buggy people. You sound like the people from 100 years, 120 years ago, whatever, at the, at the, at the turn of the 20th century, when cars were just starting to become a thing. When most people had a horse and a buggy, or they used horses and buggies, you know, they, like, like a taxi or something, they would do that, or they'd walk to get around. The horse and buggy people just looked at cars like, oh, that can't be good. Oh, you know. When the meme of a 
of what was trying to say this this is a diesel powered generator that's 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 uh charging up this electric car and they says the future is stupid the horse and buggy people i i put a, a counter to that one up i found a picture of a horse this is from about 1920 something like that somewhere around there there's an old style car in, in, in um in the picture and it's being towed by a horse and i said a hay-powered horse towing a gas-powered car the future is stupid that's what you people sound like and you have your car do you have a horse and buggy no you have a car because the the roads were paved the, the things that had to change things that had to come into to existence uh, to in order for uh, cars to be as useful as they are that was happening 120 years ago and the horse and buggy people were just shaking their heads oh no, no, this is terrible this is gonna be awful and they would laugh every time they'd see a car broke down and say get a horse that's what you sound like that's what you sound like now and a hundred years from now when electric cars are the thing we're gonna look back at you guys of course it's not me I'll be dead but future generations will look back at this reluctance and say you guys are morons <laughs> I, I'm sorry uh, before I get out of here well I will link to all that the skeptoid episodes I pulled some of this information from I will link to all those go to the show notes go to dimland.com click on the show notes uh, blog option and you'll get to it so hopefully I'll get that up soon um, and but the one thing before I go this is a cool thing Aaron judge a New York Yankee I, I you know you know how I hate the Yankees I hate the Yankees I always call them the hated Yankees but I don't necessarily hate individual players who play for the Yankees I always like Derek Jeter I like, you know, Mariana Rivera. I like Joe Torre. I like, you know, the players that have played Chuck, Chuck Knobloch. He used to be a uh, twin, and he went to the Yankees. Didn't like that he went to the Yankees, but did like the Yankees for taking him from us. But, hey, you know, things happen. But I liked him, and I like you know, liked the players that play. And, and Aaron Judge is a player I like. I like Giancarlo Stanton. I like uh, players that are on the team currently. It's just the concept of the Yankees I hate. It just is. And the reason, so recently, Aaron Judge, if you've been following this at all, Aaron Judge uh, hit, um, he set the home run record, single season home run record for the American League, 62 home runs in a season. Yes, the overall Major League Baseball uh, record is 73, that's Barry Bonds, uh, and, and then, you know, the second place highest, you know, uh, number is... Uh, Mark McGuire was 70, I think it is. And then Sammy Sosa's got 66. Uh, but those are considered unclean. That's the performance-enhancing drug home run. Those, got, those three guys, whether they've admitted to it or not, it's pretty clear that they were enhanced in hitting those home runs. And, you know, it doesn't necessarily... Uh, uh, help you hit the home run, but it helps you recover from injury. It helps you play more games. It makes you stronger. So maybe that ball that would have uh, come down in fair territory just gets enough more strength behind it, enough more velocity behind it, that it goes out of the park. And so that's that's how it adds. You see, when when Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa were racing each other to try to break uh, the 61 record, 
that was held by Roger Maris since 1961. But this is back in 1998. When they were racing, trying to beat that record, there was a third member uh, in baseball, third, a third player who was also on the hunt to beat 61. And that was Ken Griffey Jr. And Ken Griffey Jr. has never been connected to the PEE, the PEDs, the performance enhancing drugs. He's never been accused of it. He's never been, it's never been shown that he's done them. Uh, he's, he's been a clean player. What the reason why he couldn't hold on in that, in that hunt to beat the 61 home runs in one season was because he got injured. And so it's possible that had he been enhanced with drugs, he might have been able to get off of the injured list quicker got back in there and got back in the race to get for those hormones, he might have been able to beat those guys or hung with them anyway. And he did hang with them for quite a while, but injuries just caught up to him. So the top three guys that are on the re- in the record books, they're, con- they're considered unclean. There should be an asterisk after each of their names. After each of those records, just saying, you know, suspected performance-enhancing drugs helped them along to get this record. But the record stands. Aaron Judge does not seem to have any of that taint to his career. That he's never been accused of it. He's never shown it's never been shown that he's used any of them. He's clean. In fact, Roger Maris's son tweeted uh, a congratulations to Aaron Judge when he broke the single season record that his father held for so long, the 61 home runs, with breaking it into 62 in the last game of the season, I think it was. The, uh, Roger Maris's son even called it the clean home run king, Aaron Judge. And I, th- you know, so even though I hate the Yankees, I think it's pretty cool that Aaron Judge was, Aaron Judge was able to do it. He, and, and he beat uh, Babe Ruth's record, which was set in 1927 at 60 home runs in a single season, which stood until 1961. And when, when Maris, Roger Maris broke it in 1961, there was an asterisk after it in the record books for a long time. I think it's been removed. Because the season when Babe Ruth was playing was 154 games long. When Maris was playing, it was 162. And it took, I think, the whole 162 games for him to get to the 61 home runs. So they put an asterisk on that, saying, well, he had eight more games to work with. One thing wonderful about uh, uh, Rogers, uh, not Rogers, uh, uh, Aaron Judge's um, breaking of the record was he beat uh, Ruth's, he tied Ruth in less than 154 games and he beat Maris uh, and, and you know he tied Maris in less than than 162 games and he beat, beat the record in 162 games so he's the clean player but here's something else that will make me feel a little bit conflicted the top three home, clean home run hitters Number one, Aaron Judge. Number two, Roger Maris. Number three, Babe Ruth. All had got that record, that single season home run record, when they were Good night, Yankees. Good night, Good night, Looker. <laughs> Yankees. <laughs> All three of them. You've been listening to Dimland Radio on the Z-Talk Radio Network. Uh, be skeptical. Extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence. Be sure to uh, tune in next week, and maybe I'll be here. Anyway, <laughs> you've been listening, uh, and this is your host, Jim, Dr. Jim Fitzsimmons. 
reminding you to sleep the lights off. Uh, all Yankees. You can check out my show notes at dimland.com. Just click on the blog option. And you can email your questions and comments to drdim at dimland.com. That's D-R-D-I-M at dimland.com. And the opening theme song, Ram, is by Theolius and is used with permission. Production of the Z Talk Radio Network. And now a message to our competitors. Thanks. Thanks for tuning us in.